This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, and our final week of Supernatural episodes. Um, And on this episode, we're going to be talking about things that we didn't touch on which i know it sounds unbelievable that we couldn't have covered stuff but with all the hours and hours that we did but there is so much to cover on this show so we'll be focusing a lot on shipping and then i want to talk a lot about the fandom the spn family and stuff so um that it should be a lot of fun but before we get into that just a couple of quick housekeeping notes as always, we are taking listener support for as little as $0.99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. Just click the listener support button in the show notes or click on the listener support button on our anchor page. And as I have stated before, 50% of whatever we see from that will go to one Black Lives Matter organization per month. I'm not positive yet what the organization will be for December. If you have any suggestions or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us via social media or email. Okay, so let's get into our, well, actually first, I'm going to go around and have everybody introduce themselves and tell me one thing they're into in pop culture right now. Start with you, Carla. Hi, I'm Carla. And this week in my life, I am fully obsessed again with Bon Jovi. I made myself like a mega Bon Jovi playlist on Spotify, and it's like all of my favorite songs. So what I've been doing is I've been torturing my son by uh, having my my headphones in and just singing it at the top of my lungs as I go around the house and he hates it, hates it so much. Um, But, you know, I'm like, it's my life and it's now or never. And (laughs) I'm not going to live forever. And I just want to live while I'm alive. She's just living on a prayer. You guys come on. On a prayer. (sighs) But I just want to understand that that, that's very important to me. Um, So yes, that's, that's my obsession this week. That's awesome. It is funny how the music that annoyed our parents, you're now using to annoy your son. <laughs> like, Bon Jovi was always my thing. And th- there's never been a time that uh, that I've been cool. So this works perfectly. And this way he can grow up with an uncool mom. And we can head off any discussion about when my mom was cool. Because she never was. She never was. That's funny. <laughs> and Judy. Yeah. Hi, I'm Judy. And um, uh, my brain is 100% full of supernatural insanity right now. <laughs> I'm still waiting for a single day to wake up and not have supernatural news <laughs> for a show that ended over a week ago. So I am, oh my God, I'm so in it and just living for the memes right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> and Meg. 
Uh, yeah, so hi, I'm Meg, and I don't know if it's pop culture so much, but I'm a very cool person, much like Carla. Um, <laughs> uh, years ago, I used to play D&D, &D, and I kind of lost it and haven't played for a long time, except now I'm actually starting a new D&D &D campaign with folks, and I'm kind of trying to figure all that stuff out, and I don't know if you guys have ever played D&D, &D, but it can be really, 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 really intense and time-consuming, so... I've been reading a lot of handbooks because that's how cool I am. Between fan fiction and handbooks, I can barely see. <laughs> and Susie. Right, so, hello, <laughs> Susie, everyone. Um, so, I've been soothing my supernatural hurt with the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. <laughs> I'm saying a trilogy because like the first three films, they're 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 it. That's 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 the movies. The other ones they can be like AUs or or whatnot. But no, like the first three, they're the that's the golden trio right there. And as a result of that, I've been listening to a lot of sea shanties. <laughs> so I'll just be like going around my business in my house going, What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? And I just be like singing sea shanties all the time. And even when interesting <laughs> No, even when when we've had to do like That um, is amazing. Like runs to the grocery store, like essential runs. Uh, my mom will get in the car and I'll be like, it's shanty time. And I'll just put on these shanties. And we'll, and we'll just be vibing in the car. She's like, what's the name of this one? And I'm like, oh, the last journey. <laughs> and she goes, oh, you better skip that. I don't want this to be my last journey. Let's just go to the next one. Well, this is Aaron. And it's been a long time since I've recommended something from Shudder. Hi, Shudder. If you're listening, remember, I'm still looking for that sponsorship. Um, love you, Shudder. Um, <laughs> But uh, on Thanksgiving, I watched a wonderful zombie movie called Blood Quantum, and it's a very different zombie movie. Um, it is about, you know, the dead are coming back to life um, outside. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this this um, word very well from, of, of this tribe, so I, I apologize, um, or this reservation of, of Red Crow. Um, but what happens is there are all these zombies coming back to life all these white people, it's affecting white people, but all the indigenous inhabitants are strangely immune to the zombie plague. But what you see happening is all these white people coming and trying to take some of, um, you know, trying to seek shelter and seek help and seek refuge with the indigenous. And this is in Canada. Um, and so it's kind of reminiscent of a lot of what um, we did. <laughs> When we came over here, what white people did when we came over here. So it's just an interesting take on the zombie genre. It's also great to see um, see this take and to see different filmmakers and um, to see how seamlessly the um, the issues and the politics of of what white people have done in colonization and the effects of that um, transferred over to zombie films because zombie films are political anyway. Um, but so it's just really, really well done, really well directed. The music is great and the cast is all superb. Um, it's just a really, really, really good movie. It's actually really heartbreaking. Um, just a really good one that I recommend. And that's again, streaming on Shudder.
so at first I wasn't sure what a zombie movie would have to do with Thanksgiving, but then you talk about white people going into First yeah. Nations <laughs> and stripping them of their resources. And I'm like, okay, well, this is actually perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Relevant. It's, well, it's the most traditional celebration of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what Shudder was doing yesterday is they spent like the first like eight hours they did like because they have a live stream as well as when you can also stream the movies whenever you want. And that's what they were doing for the first eight hours as they were streaming a lot of indigenous content, which I thought was just absolutely that's awesome. perfect. Another reason to love Shudder. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. If okay, I wasn't well, a giant meme, I would... Uh... Yeah, it, was, it was very bloody. It had this chainsaw kill in there that was so incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, you you would have hated it, Meg, but it was. It was I'm a baby. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into our random supernatural talk. Um, I want to just start out with something fun because I think some of this stuff is going to get a little bit deep. Um, but I know Carla, since you mentioned Bon Jovi. And of course, Bon Jovi has been on Supernatural, not Bon Jovi, but the music has been on Supernatural. So I want to talk about the music of Supernatural because I think that's such an integral part of the show. And we didn't really touch on it much. So what are your thoughts on the music of Supernatural, Carla? I really love that they went with the classic rock vibe from from the get-go. I, I, I thought, uh, because you never really know what you're going to get. <laughs> When you're talking about two white boys from Kansas, you know, um, not from Kansas. Yeah, I don't, whatever, ignore me. Um, they, I was worried that it was going to be like country pop or, you know, something like that. But they, they went with with really banging hits from uh, my youth and, and times well before that. But it made me really happy to hear it. Like they would put on some tunes and be like, oh my God, I love this song. And uh, they just brought out like awesome song after after awesome song. And it, it, it made no sense to me why um, the music between, you know, in, in like the funny bits or just when they're driving around was so much more country leaning when everything else was rock. So that that to me was just like a little weird, but whatever you know somebody out there i'm sure enjoyed it but yeah just just the fact that that we got um and meg's laughing at me because she knows how like barely i mean that um but the fact that in uh that one gigantically memorable scene where sam and dean are in the in the car the fbi is after them and you have um oh my god what is it called renegade i can't believe you're doing this to me again carla (laughs) (laughs) that is still renegade from you i'm sorry (laughs) i'm barely sorry actually but that's okay yeah so they that that moment out of the 15 seasons of the show was one of my absolute favorite moments because of the use of the song and where dean speaks in that song and how it, it it just brings everything together and it, it it feels so cinematic and they use the song the music a lot that way to to create um, um to deepen a moment to make it more exciting to make it more interesting to make it deeper and yeah i'm forever pleased with, with the show for that and judy 
Yeah, classic rock has always been a favorite of mine. Um, I grew up in Pittsburgh where, you know, like mullets are still not quite extinct. <laughs> we love living in the past. <laughs> so I grew up on, on classic rock. I just love it. Um, so, and it absolutely fits with the whole aesthetic. I mean, the muscle car, the back roads of, you know, Americana, um, yeah, it just it just absolutely fits the whole uh, aesthetic of the show, and I love when they ju- when they have some moments where they just put in the absolute perfect song. Um, you know, Renegade was one that you talked about. Uh, Wanted Dead or Alive is another one where it's just you know the perfect placement. Goodbye Stranger. Every time I watch that episode, that it still gets to me. Um, you know, there's just so many perfect, perfect uses of music. Um, and uh, the fact that Dean, his favorite music genre is classic rock. And they use that to enhance the show. I don't know. It almost kind of feels like we're listening, um, listening in on Dean's soundtrack. So I, I kind of like the way it's integrated that way. And um, one last point about music for me, we cannot uh, move on from, from music without talking about the fact that Dean made Cass a mixtape of songs that Mary and John fell in love to. <laughs> Just come on. <laughs> so, yep, music is so integral to this show, and I love the way that they used it. And Meg. See, this is why I hate having a middle of the alphabet uh, name. <laughs> I've told you before, just change your name to a Meg. To a Meg? And we're good. Yeah. A Meg. Well, I, I knew this was going to happen pretty much when Carla was going to be on here because she and I tend to share a brain in a lot of senses. But Judy did me dirty too. <laughs> so I'm talking about the mixtape. Um, no, so it's Night Shifter was that season two episode with the Renegade music cue. And I think that's probably one of the best music cues on TV probably ever. It just was so beautifully done and wonderful. Um, and we t- and Judy talked a lot about Zeppelin and how it, the music isn't just important to us as a an audience and the cues and stuff like that. It's really important to the story itself. Um, Dean's identity is so tied in with the music that he listens to. Plus, I personally love classic rock, so I was always really excited for that. Um, one thing we can't forget, or no, it's not Night Shifter. Yeah, it is Night Shifter. Um, one thing we can't forget, though, is Heat of the Moment <laughs> will forever be tied to Supernatural to me from mystery spot um but yeah i i had more to say but carla and judy said it so wonderfully (laughs) i know i know it's the bummer of the alphabet i should just mix it up sometime but then that'll confuse me start with Uh, m that's all (laughs) and so just have somebody named marge (laughs) wow how do you think I feel? I'm last and everyone goes before me. So in a way that gives that like I like everyone says stuff that I'm already thinking because it's like a weird like hive mind. But also like I have to like rethink of interesting ways to say what I do when I'm thinking. I'm right there with you, girl. I'm right there. 
Um, no, I really. So I'm I'm the child of um of a family that primarily got English from listening to classic rock. So like uh bands like Led Zeppelin, Bon Jovi, and um and Toto, and just like all the all the, all the Every band that like pops up in Supernatural is is a band that I most likely have grown up listening to, and so it's when so whenever I watch the show, it's like a really fun like nostalgic moment for me because um, when these songs are used, they remind me of my childhood and like fun moments of my family, and also it helps me create new memories with the boys, which is also really like fun and 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 really cool. Um, but, uh, like, I do think that it's really cool how uh, they incorporated that into the series, like, Dean. It's also why I feel like a closest with Dean, because, you know, his his dad was listening to this kind of music when Dean was growing up. And so, as a result, uh, Dean ends up listening to it. And it's and I'm just like, I'm with her with you, Dean. You would get along so well. We love pie, too. And Meg, you wanted to add something on there? Yeah, I just totally forgot. I thought it was a kind of with how Dean's personality is tied to the music he listens to. And I think it makes it really fun and interesting when we ha- he has unexpected loves. Like when he gets really excited about Taylor Swift in that one episode <laughs> with that little peak, I personally just think that's really adorable. And that's all. It, that's all I have to say because I'm really cool like that. <laughs> And then Susie, since I forgot to do this, I keep forgetting to do this. Since this is your first Supernatural episode that you've been on, I just wanted to know how long have you been watching Supernatural? And um, and then Carla, I forgot to ask you this on when you were on, but um, and then are you a Dean, Sam, or Cass girl, Susie? Actually, okay, so I've never really seen the show live, um, like on TV and such, until these like last few seasons. Uh, before all that, I watched it on Netflix, and I actually started watching it. I think like in middle school, because I remember, because I remember very vividly, a friend of mine had a Cas hat, you know, and he's like standing in the trench coat, and his wings are out on either side. She had like this beanie, and I was like, "Oh, what's that from?" She goes, "Oh, it's from the show. Like, supernatural. You're gonna like it. Like, give it a watch. It's it's totally for you. Like, you'll love it." And so I started watching it, and I was like, "Ooh, this yes." like it made me so happy and just like instantly when I watched it I was like Dean 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 I was like I want to marry this man or even like you know not even marry him I just want to be his like little sister or his friend like I just want to vibe with Dean I would be like so cool with that like yeah me and him we can make pies together it'd be awesome swap burger recipes heck yeah be the best <laughs> yes so, I, I, yeah. I can relate I can relate <laughs> and then Carla really quickly Dean Sam or Cass um I'm a Cass girl I am deeply a Cass girl however I'm also a Dean girl you know it, it's hard for me to separate the two in my heart just because they fit so well together and there's so much about them that um that I identify with in both characters. I, I would say I, I lean slightly more towards being a cast girl only because I am very intimately acquainted with the feeling of being um, a foreigner in a strange land and trying to 
adapt and fit in. So that's like the, the, if there's a tipping point, it would be that. Yep. And that makes it where there hasn't been a single Sam girl on any episode. <laughs> oh no. Well, there's been a formal, former Sam girl. Um, and then Judy, you wanted to add something? Yeah, um, I saw something on Tumblr, and I wish I had it in front of me so I could give credit to whoever it was, but they said something that, like, really struck me um, about being a cast Sam or, or Dean girl, and it was very simply, you know, I, I will forever be a Dean girl in my heart, which is why Cass is my favorite character. And I was like, mic drop? Oh my gosh, yes! <laughs> yep, I'm a cast girl, that's why I love Dean so much. Right? Yeah. <laughs> But I, I just thought that was a great and eloquent way to state that. Well, and then for music, for me, um, I'm a classic rock fan, and I'm, but I'm a music person, as I've stated tons of times on here. Music means a lot to me, and I think that's one of the reasons this show struck a chord with me next to Dean was the music. Um, because the music has so much, has such an impact. Like we haven't mentioned Eye of the Tiger, which wasn't, which was an outtake, of course, from Yellow Fever, but it still was integral even in the actual episode. Um, so, you know, that, that was, that was a great scene. I will say, I think in the later seasons, the music went downhill, um, and it was one of the other reasons I kind of was like bummed about the show. Um, but I will say when my sister started watching this show, she said to me, she said, I know why you like this show. You like this show because of this crappy music. Because <laughs> she hates that music. Hates it, hates it, hates it. And <laughs> which is too bad. But but it is it's one so of the- hard to have a sister with no taste, right? <laughs> it is. It's very hard. Hoping to get one Led Zeppelin song in the finale. I was like, "Come on, just blow that last bit of budget." I guess maybe they all they spent it all on Jenny. <laughs> well, and and I will say that I'm going to say this about. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to say this about Led Zeppelin. Um, Robert Plant is notorious for denying people ever being able to use his music. Um, he's notoriously an ass about it. Well, unless um, it's to sell you know something super expensive like cars and yeah i mean like <laughs> research trivia about the movie dazed and confused and they were all set to give them a led zeppelin and then um uh, robert plant just went no, no you're not allowed to do that no matter what so yeah yeah so they're notorious or robert plant i should say is notorious for that not the other band members um but yeah yeah the music if we didn't have the music i, I don't think this sh- I think the show would be great, but it wouldn't be as great. It just adds another layer. I mean, I really couldn't picture Dean and Sam driving down the road, bopping around to um, pop music or country. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) K-pop. Wait, but yes. Broadway. Um, and I, I used to spend hours and hours and hours making mixtapes for my friends. And it was such, I mean, like, no, like a lot of people can't understand how hard it was to make a mixtape <laughs> and the hours you, you would wait spend for it to come on friends. the radio and not get yeah. the, the or if you had the double, your song. Yeah, or if you had the double, double tape 
double deck and you had to make sure you you this you know record at the same I mean, it, it was takes a lot special of work. kind of devotion to make a mixtape i mean this, but that's why i was well that's why i was one of those people that said this doesn't necessarily i'm sorry because i know all, all four of you but that's it's why okay, I was okay you're wrong it's okay. this doesn't necessarily mean it's a romantic gesture because i used to do this for every single friend and i would spend hours and hours upon hours and i would also write lengthy letters to people <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily i mean i will i mean i know for everyone it does but I, I was just gonna throw that in there i'm not trying to say you're wrong because you guys aren't wrong i'm just saying that this, that was one thing that i used to do for friends too this but. actually reminds me of a story that so my sister and i are in our mid to late 30s and we were talking to one of my cousins who was maybe 17 at the time and we and that the topic of mixtapes came up and my cousin was like oh so you mean like a playlist and I'm like, oh, no, 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 sweet grasshopper. No, that is nothing. Playlist is like click, 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 nothing like that. And like, and I'm like, this took time. This took thought. And he's like, oh, so you mean like making a, a mixed CD? And I'm like, no, we mean a tape. We mean figuring out the songs that you want to have make, finding the right flow, because a good mixtape has a flow. You can't just slap a bunch of songs onto a tape or a CD or a playlist and call it a day. There is an arc to the playlist on a mixtape. So I thought it was so funny explaining how much care and time went into it. Um, and I personally never made a mixtape for a friend because it took so much time and energy. And I think, Erin, honestly, I think it's awesome that you did that for your friends. Um, I've never met anybody else who who would do that for a friend unless it was like a really, really, really deep kind of friendship. A mixed CD, I've made CDs for friends, you know, when you can just download them and burn them onto a CD. But the idea of sitting next to the radio, waiting for that song to come on, unless you were lucky enough to have like the double decker tape recorder um, to record that song and to record the songs in the right order for your flow seems just so deeply personal to me because I feel like music I feel like with books and music I feel like when you recommend books or music to someone you are giving them a piece of your soul because I think they're so deeply personal to everybody um which is why I maybe I just haven't had any friends like I I, I love Carla more than anything in the world I don't think I could bring myself to to sit at a radio and make her a mixtape. I'm sorry, Carla. I just wreck you fix all the time. <laughs> but it was just so funny how how people who are probably under, I think 30 is even a bit young to, to say that. I think people under, well, I'm 36. So I think most people younger than me probably don't have that same memory of, of that care and that amount of work so yes we're gonna get into shipping now and i believe and correct me if i'm wrong Susie, but i think everybody on this panel um i'm talking about my four panelists not necessarily me but everybody on this panel ships destiel right right Susie? i, I i'm guessing that means yes <laughs> okay so let's so since i know pretty much everybody on here does ship that um, I just want to get everybody's thoughts about 
you know, what drew you to that ship, why that is your OTP on the show, if it is your OTP on the show. Um, yeah. So what are your overall, Carla? Okay. So I'm kind of dense when it comes to romantic overtures and, you know, meaningful gestures and things like that. So I didn't pick up on it right away. It, it took a lot of, um, it, it took some thick to get me there, but I think even without the thick, if I had just watched long enough on my own, I would have, I would have seen it because there is, there's this connection that they have that they don't have with anybody else. And it's, it, it goes beyond a friendship connection because, you know, the, there's, I, I, I have a, a problem with the idea of boys not being allowed to be soft and not being allowed to express love for their friends without an agenda. So uh, in the beginning, it meant a lot to me that that they're such close friends and, and that they have this love for each other. But I, I do think that it started going beyond that and then more and more and more as, as the show went on. Um, and th- there's no one point at which I could, I could have said that I just, it just, you know, dawned on me that there's no one scene that I can point to, to be like, yeah, that's the one that sold me on it. It's just the, to me, the natural progression of how they looked at each other, how devoted they were to each other. The fact that when, um, you know, Dean lost a lot of people who mattered to him a lot throughout his life, but he never reacted to any of those losses, the way that he, that he responded to Castiel. Every single time that Castiel was gone. And this is even when he walks into the lake after he was the bad god and he, you know, uh, consumed all of those souls and all of this stuff. And he was legitimately just angry at him and kind of done with him. But he still wanted him around and he still uh, mourned his loss. He carried around his, his, um, um, his trench coat and that's very significant. You know, you don't really do that for people that, that are just like your buddy. Like, oh, you know, let, let me carry around your bloody trench coat because we're pals. We're bros. High five me when you get back from the dead because you will eventually because I will find a way to bring you back. Um, even towards the end, when they when the show refuses to acknowledge the significance of Castiel's sacrifice, where they bury the whole um, romantic element to it, even then, Dean pleads specifically for Castiel to come back when he's offering his and Sam's lives up to Chuck in exchange for everybody coming back and you're going to bring it back, Cass. That's not insignificant. That's not um, platonic. It goes well beyond that. And um, so it it means a, a lot to me that um, that both Misha Collins and Bobo Barons and um, Richard Spate worked so hard to make um, the confession scene in 1518 um, be what it was and be as emotional and heart-wrenching as it was and, and as beautiful as it was because it really shows that, that they get it and they care and they see what we see and it's a shame that it was subverted by the two episodes that followed it and, and the the way that, you know, there's no resolution to the story, to, to that love story. Um, it, it really, 
it's not just unsatisfying it's also um it it serves to confirm supernatural's legacy as a queer baiting show and as uh, a show that's happy to bury its gaze because no sooner does Castiel confess these non-straight romantic feelings that he's taken that uh, Dean doesn't have a chance to so much as respond to him and that his sacrifice is kind of um, buried in like, oh, yeah. well, he died and stuff, so uh, I guess we move on now with what's left of the story. It wasn't okay, but as far as the romance... Absolutely. It was there. It was in the way that they looked at each other. It was in the sacrifices that they made for each other. It's in the words that they said to each other and the and what goes beneath them. It's in, you know, the fact that there was almost nothing that Dean wouldn't do or try to do for Cass. Um, as much as he would do for Sam... But there was a very different way that he went about it. He went about bringing Cass back with more passion than familial love. And I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm just gonna be forever saddened that that all of that got kind of uh, brushed aside in the end. But it, it's my ship, and I'm, um, I'm forever down with it. And Judy. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't really ship um, things that are just kind of like I need a lot to 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 ship off to something. I'm not just like, oh look, these two characters are on the same show in the same episode and they look it together like that. I I really like a slow build. I like it to be built on a strong foundation of friendship, connection, shared experience, all that kind of stuff. And, and gosh, you know, T-Steel has it all. Um, I love that they are both these two exhausted warriors that will just never, ever stop fighting for each other and learning from each other. Um, I love that they have, they, found each other and I don't know, they just built such a compelling story from, from there. Um, again, I didn't ship it on day one. Uh, but I remember the first, the first moment that I was like, Oh, <laughs> was in, I think it's the monster at the end of this book when, um, Cass is saying that he can't help Dean and, um, He's saying, you know, uh, the the archangel, you know, if if I'm there or if anything happens to Chuck, an archangel will come and and blast things apart. Just so you know why I can't help. And he gives them this look, the intensity of that look was like, (laughs) it was smoking hot. And it was at that moment that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really um the chemistry there is incredible. I want to see where this goes. And so, yeah, I just started loving it from there. Um, but then just the sheer volume of moments like that um, just just prove how how much in love with these 
how much in love these two are, whether they realized it all this time or not. I think that Cass, has, Cass is known for a very long time. I think Dean's a little denser. One, because he doesn't believe that he can be loved. You know, so he just blocks out the the whole possibility of love for himself. Um, the other thing I like about it, love about it, is that Cass rescued Dean from hell. He saw Dean at his absolute worst, torturing people and liking it. I mean, Dean was practically a demon himself. He was a monster. And Cass has never once judged him for that, um, but brought him up from that miserable state and saw nothing but good in him and saw that he deserved to be saved from, from that moment. And just the, the sheer weight of that moment when, when somebody sees you at your very worst, but still loves you anyway and values you anyway. And, and I think that just meant, um, so much uh to dean um and this season you know dean's and uh, the entire arc of of the season for dean has been figuring out what's real and what's not with with chuck's manipulation in his life and um episode 17 and 18 basically answer that huge question of his whole arc um and the question is the one thing that's real, I mean, putting aside the Sam and Dean thing, you know, but the one other thing that's real in his life is Cass and Cass's love for him. Um, and it was so powerful that it's the only thing that Chuck couldn't control in this whole world. And it made this universe unique among all the thousands of other universes. Um, so, my God, their love is literally the most powerful force in the universe. <laughs> Like, how could you not ship it? <laughs> so, yeah. Whew. And Meg? I'm so excited. I still have stuff I can say. Um, so, I actually... So, I got Tumblr shortly before I actually started watching Supernatural. And I remember seeing these GIFs um, of Dean and Cass and everything on Supernatural and thinking, I was like, this can't be... this. I'm sorry. I was like, this is ridiculous. These are some great editors. These are some people who are really putting a lot of weight and thought into the gift sets and the videos and stuff like that. So I started watching Supernatural in part to see if these people were just being super exaggerating like I've watched Sherlock and I personally I know people a lot of people ship John Locke I personally don't see that um I I honestly don't see a lot of kind of fan created's not true not right but non-canon ships I don't necessarily see a lot of those relationships with other fans see and that's not to invalidate them it's just not something that I've noticed um However, it was not very long for me when I started watching Supernatural and we get to season four and we kind of see this relationship build and kudos to Jensen Ackles and Misha Collins for this amazing, beautiful chemistry. Um, I, I personally don't see how it could be construed as brothers in arms, but even if that is how you see them, it's still an incredibly powerful 
an important relationship for both of them. I think, I think if Castiel was a, in a female vessel, actually, I know that because Anna was the quote unquote female Castiel and Dean slept with her in a hot minute. Um, I think if Castiel was in a female vessel, Dean and Cass being together would have been a non-star. It would have just happened. Like there wouldn't have been a question about it. There would have been no leave this open to your interpretation, which pisses me off so much. I don't understand why queer ships have to be open to interpretation, why it's so scary to canonize uh, queer relationships. Um, and I'm saying this as a cishet white girl. Like I don't, un- I don't understand. It's so important to have representation. And that's what's kind of really made me angry about this whole queer baiting arc because all I keep seeing from people is, well, now you can, this leaves it open for your guys' interpretation. This leaves it open for you guys to create your fix and your art and all this other stuff, which is all well and good, but canon is important too. Why is it up to fans who you clearly have a large majority, a large percentage of your fans see this as a romantic relationship? Why is the onus on us to create that for ourselves? And that's what's so frustrating for me about this whole thing. This is a beautiful love story and I'm choosing to pretend, and this is makes me sad. Why do I have to be like, okay, well, after Dean's in heaven, after he goes through his drive and sees Sam, then they go find Cass. Why do I have to imagine that? Why can't that be, why can't that be in the show? doesn't even have to, you can even have it be a non-romantical thing. Just say, we're going to go get Cass. And that's enough. And that's so sad that these little crumbs are enough for so many people when it comes to this beautiful, intense relationship. And like Carla was talking about, about being a big proponent of allowing men to be soft and allowing men to be vulnerable and have these deep, close friendships. And I see, I do see deep, close friendships within other shows. I see like on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we see um, Jake and Charles's close friendship. I see close male friendships in a lot of places and I don't see the romantic tension that we see between Dean and Cass. And that's because the writers of Supernatural put these two through romantic trope after romantic trope after romantic trope. And it's always been like the cast, the crew, everyone does a like a little wink and a nod to the fans. They know what they're doing. And it's really frustrating as a viewer to be baited. And I honestly can't imagine how it feels to LGBTQ people who are watching this and seeing themselves in these characters and have it be snatched away at the end. Because Castiel wasn't just a barrier gaze. He was completely erased. The promos, the promos for the next episodes took out his I love you in them. It was, and it was devastating. Um, and I think what's so frustrating on top of that, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit about this. Um, I see so many people who are like, who view, and I know there are people who have this, um, a, fetish, a fetishization of uh, same-sex relationships, of Especially with these two, I see a lot of people are like, well, you just like them because they're two hot guys and you think two hot guys are hot. And it's a, it's a fetish for you and anything like that. I'm like, first off, and I feel, I don't know, 
if bad's the right word, but this is the only like slash same sex ship that's non can like except David and Patrick on Schitt's Creek. So David and Patrick on Schitt's Creek and Dean and Castiel are the only two same sex ships that I like sail personally. But I just and I think that's more of a lack of representation than it is of my personal tastes. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna step back from that and talk about the happy stuff I like <laughs> about it because I could go on because I ha- I I just it's it's very frustrating and very disheartening for me um, as a person as a viewer as a shipper to feel so completely invalidated. Like in episode 18, we were canonically told, you're not crazy for seeing this. But 19 and 20 told us, you're just crazy for believing it could be real. And that hurt a lot. Um, But anyway, what I love about Dean and Cass, I love these are two broken men who find solace and camaraderie with each other, who help each other fix themselves not fix each other but help each other fix themselves i love that castiel is the one real thing i don't love it i think it's heartbreaking that castiel is the only real thing in dean's life but i love that in unity they make sure to make it very very clear that castiel is the only thing in the entire universe that god has not been able to control And he's the wild card. I think that's so important. And I think that was kind of really glossed over. And I think it was so important that Dean heard that so he could hear all the amazing, wonderful, beautiful things that Castiel told him before Cass sacrificed himself. Because Dean deserved to hear that. The thing that kills me is Cass deserved to hear it too. And he never gets to. Um, I loved Purgatory. I feel like that's when it felt like beat you over the head. Dean is also in love with Cass. He stayed in purgatory for a year. Longer than he had to. Trying to save and find Cass. Because he was that important to him. Um, I also thought. I think it's on the head of a pin. I want to say. When Dean is torturing. um, Not Azazel. Oh. Amanadeo? No. No, not Amanadeo. Alistair. Sorry. After, after, like, getting all my A's mixed up. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I thought that was such an, a pivotal episode and moment for the two of them. And I thought that was something that, that the, the shift, not even in their relationship, but in Dean's viewing of himself and Castiel tells him that it's not blame that falls on him. It's fate. And that comes back to kind of bite them in the ass when fate becomes the ultimate enemy. But Castiel has always, like Judy said, he saw Dean at his darkest. He's always and consistently sees Dean with the mark of Cain when he was a demon. When Dean is at his very, very, very worst, Castiel is always there. And he says, I'm the one who's going to be there to and see you murder the world. And that's so powerful to me um and in season 13 after castiel has died dean says you know we lost everything and you're gonna bring him back and it's just ah, okay i'm gonna shut up because i i want to let Susie <laughs> talk 
talk to because I have I have so much more and I'm just going to have to keep I'm going to Susie. Um, so uh, in the beginning of for me, when when Kaz first shows up, um, it was more like, a, oh, cool. All right. So. So, like, angels do exist, and they're going to get involved, and this and that. And I thought it was, like, a really fun thing to have. And then as the seasons went on and as uh, we saw more of, like, the, the relationship dynamic between the boys and Kaz, and especially Dean and Kaz, that's when I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I started, I, like, in my head, whenever I think about that, I start, it's the song from, like, Beauty and the Beast. Where it's like, there may be something there that wasn't there before. And I'm just like, ooh. And like, if you think about it, that song like really lines up well to them. Like, if if someone makes a fan edit, please send it my way because I'd be like really interested in seeing that. Um, <laughs> but um, so I myself am a part of the LGBT uh, community and pan, and throughout my whole time watching the show, I always like held out hope that they would make it canon. Like, I know that we had like the fan fictions and the different fan edits, but like every interaction that they had and every interaction that other people had with them was like, you guys just like, it takes a second to just like, and just, uh, and just like say something, do something. And it, I just kept, I felt like every time that I had hope, um, the writers would like slap me in the face and be like, no, 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 no. No, no, we're just gonna we're just gonna dangle this carrot in front of you and never give you anything, cause it's cause it's, oh, oh, I just oh god and and the end I was really like holding out hope I was like if they can just make this canon that would be nice and it was uh, and the finale just I have so many emotions about it and it really hurts me. It just it just feels like a slap in the face. It's 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 always like the thing like, oh yeah, this is popular amongst the queer community, so we're gonna cash in on that. But we're never really gonna give them anything, cause, cause like no chip flick moments, like no, and it's all just like the heteronormative and the homophobia of it all, just like really, really affects me and. It's just okay, so this thing came out where um in the Spanish dub of five eighteen, Dean reciprocates Kaz's love. And like that's out there and apparently Misha did like a video or live saying it's a rogue translator, it's not real. But then an hour later, an Indian dub was revealed to have said where Dean says, I'm yours, Kaz. So someone is lying to me. Well, and I think it's worth noting that the the next day Misha added in to his whole thread saying, he's like, I rewatched this. You're right. I'm completely tone deaf. I can't, I'm ashamed. I want to delete this video because I'm wrong, but I don't want to erase the conversation happening underneath it. And also just really, really quick. I'm going to lower my hand after that. Um, Destiel is canon. Regardless of regardless of regardless of what Dean says or does and what do he doesn't say or do, Destiel is canon. It is canon that Castiel is in love with Dean. And I read where someone said, and I just I and I wanted to say this to you, not necessarily to the whole podcast, but if we're if it's confirmed 
that Castiel is in love with Dean and we knew that and we watched that and saw that, then it's implied and it's correct in implication that Dean is also in love with Castiel. You can't be right about one and wrong about the other. So Destiel, Destiel is canon. It's canon. Reciprocal, whatever or not, Destiel is canon. So I just... And IU cast did air on mm-hmm. TV to millions of Spanish-speaking people. It is canon. And Rogue Translators is BS because doing dubbing is not like two guys just hop on and watch a TV show and decide to just randomly no, dub like whatever they, they want. get the script that's that's and that's at all. No. Like, yeah. It's an entire like, industry. Only if they want to get fired. And then somebody has to approve it to go on air. So don't give me that, oh, rogue translator. Just this one random guy decided to entirely change, quote unquote, change their relationship. That didn't happen. I don't don't feed into conspiracy theories. But that, I don't see how one person could change, don't do this, cast to an IU cast. And all of the people had to approve it. And that was a big rogue thing. But I just wanted, because Susie, you're breaking my heart so much. Destiel oh, I'm like, I'm like fully crying off screen. I, have I like know. I know. I'm just like crying I know. my tears. Destiel is canon. Okay? And no matter what, the finale, episode 19, none of that can take that. Destiel is canon. It's in the text that there are romantic feelings between Castiel and Dean. And nothing can take that from you. And nothing, and it, and stuff like this is what makes me so frustrated with the end of this show. I will because... never forgive them for doing this to everybody. Look at the yeah. actual real pain. Agreed. Real Absolutely. Pain. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, but, sorry. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm so no. apologize. Oh, Don't I have apologize. cried. I have cried my tears. No, but there's no need to apologize at all. I mean, this was, a, like I said, a slap in the face. It was such a bait and switch. It was. It, it absolutely was. was. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were not in the wrong here. Bury their gaze. They yeah. burned them and yeah. sent them to super hell. So like, they they erased yeah. them. You know, I, I could have I could have dealt with Castiel's sacrifice for Dean and for the world, and 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 I could have been fine with Misha's description of it because I I can see where he doesn't feel like it's a bury your gaze trope because he made this conscious decision knowing what was going to happen. Um, if he had been mourned yeah or even talked about he was not just buried he was forgotten and i don't see how that meshes with dean's character where two seasons ago dean was suicidal after losing Cass. yeah and and dean made a lot of growth between third season 13 and season 15 but not so much that he would shrug and say well they'd want us to be happy let's eat some pie right um, so, but I just, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you talking about Destiel, Susie. I just, I saw you crying and it broke my heart and I just had to like tell you that they are canon. It is canon. You That's fine. Like at, like even at, like in the, in the final episode when they were like, oh yeah, um, Jack, uh, Kaz helped Jack build this whole new heaven. And I was like, you couldn't do like a, like a. Hello, oh, Dean. Like a quick, like, okay. So this is what I, like, Like after I watched that, I was like, listen, if only I could write fan fiction. Because here's what I'm imagining, right? Like, he tells him, like, uh, Cass helped him build it. And he's like, what? And Dean goes, what? You mean Cass is out? And then Cass just, like, rounds the corner of the roadhouse and goes, oh, hello, Susan? Dean. 
and they Susie, just like embrace and I'm like, ah, Susie, I'm going to DM you a bunch of really amazing fix that give you just that is bullshit that we have to have fix for it. But I'm going to give you some because they're beautiful and we all deserve that. And Cass and Dean deserve that. Literally, Dean couldn't, we, we didn't even have to see Cass. Dean could have said when he was driving, when I'm going to go for a ride and go get Cass. That's it. Yeah. That's or even, it. even, even after Sam, him and Sam see each other, they hop in the Apollo and Dean says, let's go get Cass. That's it could it. have been the two of them. That's, That's it. Just acknowledge how important Castiel was, not just to Dean, not even as a ship, but to both of them. Because Cass was important to will. Sam. Cass was important to Sam too. I don't want to negate Sam and Castiel's relationship. That was important, but watching Sam and Castiel's relationship and Dean and Castiel's relationship and the difference between the two really, in my opinion, solidifies that one is a romantic relationship and one is a brothers in arms relationship. I love Sam and Castiel's relationship. That is one of the soft, loving, caring male relationships that I talk about liking to see that aren't romantic. And I'm so sorry, Susie, I'm going to shut up. So, cause I, I totally took over your whole thing. Yeah. Oh no, and, you're fine. Like whilst you've been talking, I've, I'm like collecting myself, <laughs> you know, uh, using my tissues, drying my tears. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's when it comes to queer ships that I get emotional a, a lot about it. Cause oftentimes I'll like see myself in them and like all I want is for them to be happy. Yeah. And you deserve to be able to see yourself and you deserve to be able to have a happy ending story. And also just, you know, like in that that thread you had posted um earlier today, um, and I'm not gonna pull up that thread just for for, for your sake, but the fact of someone basically negating all of your emotions about that really pissed me off. And that's it's like why I said something on that because you're allowed to be upset about this. You're entitled to that. And they did hurt you. And just because that person doesn't see that does not negate the, the fact that you were hurt because it hurts you. So, well, yeah. and people something say it's, it's that I really just, don't like is when someone invalidates another person's feelings and just kind of like Steve rolls over them which is what I feel that that person did and I was just mm-hmm. like you know what I'm not gonna like engage with her because she's probably looking for a really negative response from me and that's that's not what I want to feed into well and when people say it's just a ship it's really frustrating as if a ship is not important it's a relationship ship is relationship and relationships are what all of our lives are built on whether they be romantic, platonic, familial, anything. Our relationships are what, for a lot of us, define us. And to completely say, well, you're just mad about your ship, kind of shits all over everything that you see and feel. Because especially in this fandom, I feel like people, especially more than any other fandom I've been a part of, identify with these characters on a very, very deep, deep level. And when the the feelings of one character is completely negated and thrown away. It feels to people who identify with that character that their feelings are negated and thrown away because it's a, it's a 15 year old show. People grew up with these characters. People have spent more time with these characters than I would argue most other characters on television. 
And to say that you're just mad that this 12-year relationship didn't end the way you wanted to is kind of hypocritical because it's a 12-year relationship, not just between these two characters, but between you and these two characters, you and this relationship. And it's just, I've seen so many people being like, I've seen so many people policing feelings and negating people's emotions on social media about this. And it just makes me so, so angry. And yeah. Okay. Judy, did you want to add something really quickly on that? You know, it's, it's interesting that you say that I was actually having a conversation with somebody on social media um, about this exact topic just yesterday. And it was very um, kind and, and civil conversation but whenever i stated that um you know the people shippers or even just fans who are frustrated and sad and expressing their real feelings are feeling real pain the person i was having this conversation with deleted the entire conversation i was like um that's exactly what we mean you know silencing people and that that's exactly the problem with this whole thing. Um, but, uh, I, I, I screen grabbed a, um, tweet that I thought was just so poignant and, and describes this situation so perfectly. And I, I wanted to share it with you guys. It was, it's from at Brown cat. And, um, this person first talks about, you know, how cast coming out, it was absolutely beautiful and compliments Misha's acting. Um, But then says, please imagine us spending years rehearsing such words, working up the nerve to speak, terrified of the reaction. Coming out of the closet is not what traumatizes us. It's how our loved ones do or do not react, whether they hug us or slam the door in our face or pretend that we're not standing there with our hearts in our throats. The story left us standing there in terror forever. That is the problem. We never know. You know, we it left all of us standing there in terror with Castiel forever. Well, and I think even some of the ambiguity would have been acceptable if there had been even any care given. <laughs> Not I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I, I don't think ambiguity, ambiguity is acceptable. Not when when this has been strung along for, for this long. I, right. I think that, that we deserve right. much better than just, uh, well... Here's the possibility. No, we, we oh. deserve closure. We deserve more. You're right. I, I guess I was thinking from a, if they were told a hard no, that Dean cannot canonically reciprocate. Even showing that he gave a shit about Castiel at all. And that's what I talk about where we get breadcrumbs and we're expected to, and we're grateful. This was a, so this is such a gaslighting kind of almost abusive relationship between the show and the fans of Destiel where we're given breadcrumbs and we're grateful for it. The right, fact well, that, that's just it. It's that yeah. it's been 12 years of crumbs. No, right. I want the loaf. Give me the whole thing because you, you have do been love starving me all along. I do love my bread. <laughs> I love my carbs. I'm like Oprah well, in that way. get to watch but... other people feast. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And that is completely unfair. And it's unforgivable. And Susie, I just I just want to bring it back to you here. Um, and try to do a little bit more of a positive 
positive, I mean, not a pot. I know it's it, what happened was horrible. Um, what were some joy moments that you found during, during shipping them? Some, some moments that stood out to you that may, maybe brought you great joy or even fanfic that brought you great joy, just anything within it. Oh, there are like so many fanfics that bring me so much like joy about like the ship. Um, I like, so when it comes to the ship, I like reading the, like the human um, alternate universe of fanfics because for me it's really fun to see what kind of like jobs they'll give they'll give uh Dean and Kaz or like what kind of like family they'll put them in like I've read a lot where um Kaz has Claire and um and it Dean's just you know like rolling solo and then he has to win over Claire and Kaz at the same time which I think is like really sweet and then there's like the newer ones where he has like Claire and Jack and like Dean also has to do the job of like winning them over and I I think it's really fun because there's there's one that I read recently oh gosh I don't remember the name of it I'll like look it up and I'll I'll post it in the um in the group chat but um it's one where um let's see uh Dean and Sam have a bakery and they keep accidentally getting like f- plant food from Kaz and um <laughs> and Gabriel's flower shop so there's this there so there's just like it's a really like sweet and cute little thing that like really like helps soothe the birds <laughs> that I found. um but i i just i really like seeing their interactions and when they have like the fun moments like like this is a really popular moment that i think everyone's going to know when Dean tells Sam and Bobby, he's like, well, Kaz doesn't live in my ass. And then Kaz just pops up behind him and he goes, Kaz, get out of my ass. I wasn't in your, like, what? No, never mind. And just like cute stuff like that. Or when oh, I forget the episode name, but when they both <laughs> wear little cowboy hats, <laughs> it's like, you got to act like a, like a, like a lone ranger. Just, Tombstone. You know, <laughs> Tombstone. <yeah. laughs> and just, just like those fun interactions between them two are just really like cute and, and sweet, I think. And confirm that Dean is totally into role play. <laughs> and cowboys. Honestly. Not I love sexy and cowboys. <laughs> I have the best photo up ever. Um, and it's me standing between Jensen and Misha, and I told both of them to solve who was the best cowboy. And I stood on I stood between them. And whew, so it's, I have it, it's on my wall actually right in front of me. I'm looking at it right now. It's amazing. <laughs> and Susie, there is um, a Dean Cass Beauty and the Beast AU, which I don't know if you've read it, but I can send that to you too. Yeah. Send me, send me the things. If you guys have like fun fanfics, like even I listeners, have, just send I me have, the things. I have a really like epic, heartbreaking, amazing, wonderful fanfic that's an AU that you can join mine and Carla's support group. Oh, is it twist and shout? No, no, okay. no, no, okay. no, 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 Ever. And also, if you want something a little more lighthearted, for all you young hockey players out there, pay attention, is an amazing fic. 
It's so fun. I don't even like hockey and I adore it. And it's not just because it's written by one of my best friends. Um, and it's just so, so good. I, Susie, I'm going to DM you and I'm going to give you all of these fic recs. Yeah, just send me all the things. I've been doing nothing but reading fic, so. <laughs> same. Okay, well, and my opinion, I used to ship them. Um, I start. I remember Meg, we would have conversations and DMs about this before we even shipped it on the show. We were shipping it in fanfic and it took me a while mm-hmm. to see it on the show. Um, and then, and I don't, I honestly can't tell you when I saw it on the show. I just, I think it was later seasons. Um, but I remember when I started first watching the show and then I started realizing there was a fandom around the show, I kind of stepped kept seeing these things and I was like, oh wait, do Dean and Cass get together later on? And it was just it was just something I just kind of oh, okay, well I guess this really does happen because of the way everybody's talking about this. I guess they become a couple. I was like, oh that's interesting. And also I I'm gonna say you're gonna cut this out. You wrote a beautiful Dusty Elfic that you blessed me with betaing and I recently recommended it to people and I just read it again and it's so lovely. Oh well thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I, I, I loved them for a long time. Um, what made me, I, I still read fanfic of, of, of Destiel. I still love that fanfic. I read that and Dean and Donna is my, my OTP. I mean, I knew they would never get together and I was fine with that, but that's totally different. Um, and also I read a lot of Dean and, um, which I didn't think I would get into this, but Dean and reader fix. Um, but I kind of withdrew from liking them because I would read all these posts and I'm not saying anybody on this panel, it it fits this at all from people who really hated Dean. And this was a long time ago. This was from a lot of seasons past. And I would read things where people would just trash him completely. And I understand having issues with one side of it, but to me, it made it feel like, um, why do you want these people together if you hate one half of it so badly? And I know it shouldn't have, but it tainted my view on the ship. So I kind of stopped shipping them as much. Um, But I will say in 1518, when that happened, which was something I never, ever, ever, ever thought this show would even give even that little thing of an I love you. That was that just shocked me because I got spoiled on it because I didn't care about spoilers anymore. And I got spoiled on it on Twitter. And I went, wait, this really, this probably isn't what, what I'm thinking. It's probably something else. And he probably didn't really say that. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it because I just couldn't believe the show would actually do that, honestly, which is sad to say. Um, and then when I saw it, I was like, well, number one is a Dean girl having somebody say that to Dean was so beautiful and amazing. And then number two, it was just like, whoa, they just totally confirmed this ship on the show. I can't believe they verbally said this is real. And I went, okay, cool. I'm all for them getting together. That's fine. I'm all for it now. So to me, it was really just ridiculous when the next episode, even though you had a little tiny bit of Dean mourning, just a tiny, teeny, weeny bit, and then you they totally wrote him out of character, totally didn't, didn't even give one shred of remembrance to a person who has been so integral to their life and to the show and to everything. And so it was very, very painful, more because of how I knew it was affecting people I loved and cared for. Not so much that it hurt me as much. It was more of the fact that I knew it was hurting so many other people. 
Um, and I'm someone who my favorite ship in the whole entire world is Brian and Justin from Queers Folk. And I heard a lot of the same thing of like, well, you're f- fetishizing this. And and yes, they were incredibly hot together. But that wasn't why I loved them together. I loved them together because it was such a rare intimacy to see between two men. And I mean, on that show, you saw practically everything. So to see that kind of intimacy between two men as a woman and to see the camera angles and to see the camera basically gazing at a male body the way that we've always been gazed at was so beautiful and so wonderful to see and made you made me as a woman love that ship even more so but i was lucky i my ship i had i mean my ship went you know canon the very first episode so it's not like i ever had to wait for that because this was a show that was all about that so that's why it's so painful to me for everybody else um yeah and meg you wanted to add something on there i really did because i wanted to comment you said something about um what turned you off about Destiel was so many people being negative about Dean. And I think something that we haven't ever, ever even personally talked about is how unfair it is within the shipping wars and everything, how Dean and Jensen seems to be both with RPF, which I don't do RPF. I don't, I don't do real person relationship things because I personally am just, they're actual people. <laughs> they're not care. It's one thing to ship characters. Real people is it's it's in a bit more invasive for me. Kudos to like no ship shaming or anything like that. That's just my personal opinion. Um, but it feels like Dean has always been kind of only valued and identified in a lot of ways by some factions as hit within his relationship to either Casper or Sam. Dean isn't for a lot of people, and I know this is a frustration for so many Dean girls, and I'm, like I said, I'm I'm cast girl with Dean rising. <laughs> Not to be pornographic. Um, <laughs> um, but I think it's really heartbreaking that Dean's whole identity only seems to ever be tied to his relationship to Cass or tied to his relationship to Sam. And Dean always seems to get the shaft <laughs> again not a pornographic reference i'm bad in a thousand um but it's like cast does something really shitty and people are like well it's just cast and you know and everything like that like i i will personally admit in point of no return when cast beats the shit out of dean in an alley i know a lot of people hated that i personally found it super hot um but i also i did not feel the same way when dean did the same thing to cast in season 10 and that's my own bias um so i think it's really unfair and i think it's really hard especially for dean girls to see this character who is such a complex such a three-dimensional amazing character that jensen has really brought to life so beautifully to be relegated to the arm piece or a just half of a relationship to either Sam or Dean or Sam or Cass. And I just wanted to, I guess, I, Aaron, I just wanted to validate your feelings about that because I've always thought that that was really unfair that so many people only see Dean in his relationship to other people because him on his own, he on his own, I'm sorry, 
is worth loving and caring about and finding that strength within. So I just, I just wanted to, to say that I have a lot of feelings, you guys. I'm so sorry. I'm so emo today. (laughs) No, I, and I appreciate that because as someone who, um, sees herself in Dean, like a hundred percent, you know, I do this thing where (laughs) I don't think I deserve anything. I don't think I deserve happiness. I don't think I deserve my dreams to come true. I don't think I deserve, I don't think I deserve to have a new anything. I, for me to buy something for myself is like, Mm -hmm. it's like a feat. It's like, oh my God, I bought myself some new shoes. I bought myself some new clothes. I, you know, I'm going to go buy myself something, something like that. It's, it's something where I don't think I deserve that. I think I'm defined by what I can do for everybody else. If I can make you happy, if I can bring you joy, if I can, you know, and, and, you know, I, and the, the problem is with, with being like that is you lose yourself. And I don't yep. even know who I am half the time because I'm so wrapped up in everybody else's happiness and making everybody else happy and pleasing them. And I, I really don't think anybody actually cares about me. It's very hard for me to believe when people care about me. And that's why like, and this kind of goes into the supernatural family and two of the people are on here right now, but that's why, you know, having Judy and Susie and a bunch of other people come to my door that Sunday, I just want to say it again. And because of my dog passing and having them come there with these beautiful gifts and acknowledging that I have never in my life had people do that for me. And it was very hard for me to be like, Hi, it's okay. You deserve this without being like, I've got to give you guys something. This is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. And so it was so beautiful, but you know, so, so I relate to Dean in that way where it's just, so it gets so aggravating when other people in the fandom will be like, you know, blame Dean for everything or say mm-hmm. Dean should be doing this. And that's why the, this the series finale was so painful because yeah. it was like validating that all that Dean is worth is saving and helping people. And as someone who relates to him, it's like, see all those things you have in your head. That's exactly true and validating. And you should yeah. feel that way because well, that's what that's, you were born to do. So and that's what thank you for I, saying that. So Well, and that's what made the finale so painful, I think, for so many people. And that's honestly what like I knew you left the Destiel fandom and I kind of had a little bit of a view of why. Um, but just hearing you talk about how it breaks my heart that there were people within the Destiel fandom that got into your head enough to the point where Dean was only half of a ship. And I feel like what's so frustrating is that Dean's not just half of a ship. Dean is his own person. And I like who Dean is as a person. I just happen to like him within this relationship with someone who sees everything in him and loves everything in him. Because the people who relate to Dean deserve to have someone who sees everything in them and loves everything in them. And that's, I think, that's what hurt me so much about this finale without a ship or anything like that, without anything with a ship. Um, Everybody who sees themselves in one of these characters deserves to be told 
everything that you are is good and okay and loved. And I felt it was so irresponsible of the show knowing who their audience is to not, to not just not give them that, but to give them the opposite of that. Uh, to literally rip the rug out from 15 years and say, just kidding, everything we told you for the past 15 years is wrong. I don't think they realized they did it. But if they did, it's super irresponsible. But like I said, this is Susie. Aaron, you're 100% valid and you're absolutely deserving and amazing. And I think this is going to be so much more of an emo episode than I think any of us <laughs> thought it was going to be to talk about how and to talk about how important our identities and how intertwined our identities. And I, I'm and I'm not going to lie, I'm not even like I don't identify with any of these characters nearly as in depth as a lot of people do. Judy, were you about to add something there? Uh, just talking about how deeply people care about these characters and their relationships and you know it's not as a you know just a fetish ship it's like you said Aaron you're you can relate to them or you know I kind of feel that way about about Castiel um you know his just willingness to um uh, well, kind of like what Carly said about him being a fish out of water, but also willingness to just help and and give and give and get. He's this. He's the giving tree of the show. Um, but yeah, we we put our our hearts into these characters and we connect so much with them, and then to see them discarded and to see their emotional journeys ignored. Um, it was, it literally hurt. Like, I mean, I lost sleep. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really felt like I had lost something very special. Yeah, it felt like, what's the point? What was the point of all of this? Yeah. What does any of it matter? And it just, it became very clear in those last two episodes that this is 100% just a business to the powers that be, not to the actors. Mm -mm. And I'm going to say even, not even to the writers, to the creatives. I don't necessarily think that I, I truly do. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I truly just think that they sat on the gay for six months and got scared. My vote is Bob Singer. Oh, I think Bob Singer. Had a, <laughs> I think Bob Singer was a big part of it, but I yeah. think I I don't want to diminish how hard Bobo Barons and Misha Collins and Richard Spade Jr. and I think Jensen Ackles yeah. honestly. Um, that love declaration was the first thing written. Yeah, for fifteen episodes, the very first and, thing. And I don't I don't want to diminish. I don't want to diminish sure. that effort. Yeah, I just, I, it was just, it was just gut wrenching. A bad story. <laughs> well, I actually don't. Just because of um, the panel and what we've talked about, I actually don't want to talk about that other ship anymore. Um, and nobody on this panel that I know of ships that other ship. 
Um, I'm not even going to mention it. Yeah, the only um, thing I would have to say about that would be yeah. really, really nice. I, I wrote notes about it. Like oh yeah, everything I would say we cannot talk about it. To be perfectly honest, yeah, yeah, not to yuck on others, yeah, but like my response to that is, uh, I have a zero ship shame thing with one exception or two exceptions, and that ship violates both of them. So I will quickly ask, um, and this will be, I think, a little bit fun. Um, if there are any other people on the show that you ship like any other ships that you have Carla why yes I do I definitely ship Sam and Eileen I thought that they were just so perfect for each other and so wonderful together and you really saw Sam um, kind of come out of himself a little bit more uh, during that ship you know just embracing that uh, romantic side that he had repressed for so long because he, he's gone through some major romantic classes and uh, they're just between, you know, saving the world from a thousand things that they kind of sometimes brought on, on the world in the first place. And the, the fact that they're not particularly stationary and um, all of his previous romantic entanglements involved women who um, weren't in the life I think it seemed to me like he kind of backed off from romantic anything at all. But then here comes Eileen, who is in the life, who totally gets Come it. on, Eileen. Oh, I swear. <laughs> you, would. you would. But um, but she, you did it. You it. you you put it there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she totally gets the life. She's an amazing hunter in her own right. Uh. I just, you know, I could go on about Eileen for days because there's so much about her that I just, I absolutely adore. Um, I, I just, I, I love them so much together. Um, there were, you know, there are so many ships that that people um, mention and put forward. I don't see a lot of them. And uh, that's not to invalidate those ships. I just personally don't see them. But, uh, oh yeah, uh, Kaya and Claire which is, you know, one of those uh, those ships that that um, it's interesting because it only really appeared in one episode, but it resonates, and I think in part it resonates because it's a queer baiting show where um, where anything but straight relationships don't get much play, so I think that's part of why it has such an impact. Um, what other ships are there um, that I actually? believe in um oh bobby and there's bobby and jody which i thought was so wonderful and sweet i I just love them there's also you know the um people shipping donna and jody which i totally get to um i I, you know what in fact there are like so many ships involving donna and or jody that i'm like yeah i see that yep i see that too you know what Count me in for that one. Yes. Sign- I'm I'm pretty sure in our panel with Donna and Jody in it, we just decided to be a pansexual polyamorous marriage because we couldn't bear to live without either of yeah, them. Package deal. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, primarily out of all of those side ships, well, again, not to invalidate other people's OTPs, just for me, they're side ships compared to Destiel. But Celine, I'm on that. And Judy, oh, Sam and Eileen for sure. Man, I 
from the very first episode that they were in together. My gosh, the chemistry. And you immediately, they shared a history. They shared this common bond from the start. You didn't even have to like squint to see that chip. It was wonderful from the very beginning. She's a strong, badass woman with a disability that doesn't define her. Oh my God, we needed that so bad. And they just didn't even mention her name. It doesn't, doesn't even hinder her. <sighs> doesn't hinder her. I mean, except for the, sorry, I was going to swear, the how- hellhound. They actually killed her using yes. an, uh, an animal that you have to hear. That was just horrific. I talked about that a lot. How mad that made me. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I just, I just love that. And so one of the things that I, that I love about, that I loved about it is Sam is an introvert and we don't, see him showing his vulnerability much at all he um he's very stoic and um reserved and i think eileen gave him this chance to come out of that and be vulnerable and oh my god he just needed that so much and it was beautiful um yeah i i just Love that ship to death, and I'm I'm so angry that they ignored that one completely. He was so brokenhearted that he couldn't speak one episode, and then the next, Eileen, who? <laughs> oh, Supernatural, what are you doing? <sighs> um, but yeah, I've always shipped Sam with happiness. <laughs> um, I would have loved to see him, you know, happy aside from hunting but also like um you know maybe the two of them could like lead hunter corp or something <laughs> yeah I, I just i just thought that those were terrific um but like side ships yeah i think donna and jody would be hilarious and adorable together um like sweet and salty <laughs> just terrific um i ship me with donna oh my god <laughs> that woman um one time i wrote a fluffy fic where donna got together with sam and the two of them were just sickly sweet and adorable and cute together um but yeah i i'm like i said before i'm not a big shipper of things that there aren't like on-screen um chemistry and evidence and and whatnot for i love you know i love a good slow burn um but the one thing that i like to wonder is if Dean and Lee had a thing. So, so some interesting. Tell me more. Remember Lee from the um, the episode his his buddy in the bar. Yes. Like there was definitely some chemistry there, a past there. You remember which one I'm talking about now? They, Dean, they, you know, and, singing Dean together. and Lee definitely yes. had. Yes. Been. Yeah, for definitely sure. Had oh a thing. God, yeah. I can't believe we forgot that. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's that's my side ships. Oh, oh, and I just have to pay a little bit of homage to um, Charlie and Rowena. We could have had a Charlie and Rowena ship, and they cut it. Like that's that's some bullshit. <laughs> 
no way cw cutting a queer ship right <laughs> and i mean they what? didn't even go into it but just yeah any hint of it it was filmed and everything and they cut it ended they, up can't, on the they, they can't have two redheads oh that's right two it's girls too, too, too fiery yeah. two redheads is too fiery <laughs> i i think it's so interesting that how many women on the show are redheads they do have a lot of redheads. It's That's disproportionate to the population. Who are allowed to live the longest were redheads. <laughs> yes. So no well, to I'm self. Even though Charlie I know, was, I was going to say Judy would off. be so safe in the world. How did they not cast you? You, you survive and could, <laughs> you could be an almost OTP with someone. Uh, well, well um, she, she does cosplay Abaddon. So there you, you know. go. <laughs> I love Abaddon. Uh, we can't do that. We can't go in there now. And <laughs> like, so Meg, your your other ships. I do okay. So I have I I wrote them down because they're not necessarily ships that I like actively read thick about or anything like that. But they're things that I think would be really fun, and I think are adorable in some ways, and just really I can see where people see it. Not necessarily like this is what I ship. Um, obviously, Sam and Eileen, I think, were amazing. I think Eileen was the perfect partner for Sam. I think it's disgusting that they couldn't put a picture of her in Sam's house. Nothing in his life would have changed with having a picture of her at his deathbed. Eileen, being his wife, would not have changed his story in any way, shape, or form with the scraps we were given of his sad mourning my brother relentlessly life <laughs> except maybe he would have been happier um the other ship i think is really adorable for sam is sam and rowena i think that's a chaotic beautiful mess of a ship i'm not saying that it wouldn't be awful and toxic in some ways i just think it'd be so much fun <laughs> it would be fun like i don't have sh any ship that i feel as strongly about as i do about destiel because i feel like we are just given everything um i love the idea of dean and benny a little bit in purgatory well before he started looking for Cass. i kind of love that um i know people kind of hate benny because of that destiel shippers tend to hate benny because of that and i don't give a fuck i think benny was amazing and dean deserves all the love and friendship that he can get and all the comfort he can get and i'm not gonna hold uh castiel's feelings against benny um i also kind of like the ship of dean and jody and dean and donna i kind of like or not dean and jody i'm sorry dean and donna i think is a really fun ship i think it's not like a like it's not something i ever thought would happen it's more of a, and I, not to be derogatory, more of like a crack ship kind of thing for me, just as in that it would be fun and lighthearted and they would eat donuts together and just snuggle up and watch TV together, which is all I ever want to do with anybody. I, I'm sorry, you guys, I have so many ships <laughs> on this show. I can't stop. Sam and Jody, I think is adorable. Um, I think it's a, a little, a little, eh. But I think it's adorable. I love that. Dream Hunter, which is Claire and Kaya. That was a beautiful ship. I'm sad that we didn't get to see more of it. The Hunter husbands, Jesse and Caesar, were amazing. I just actually read a beautiful fic about Jesse and Caesar and, and Dean and Cass. 
and how Jesse and Caesar makes Dean realize that, hey, he can have a happy life outside of hunting. And it was beautiful. Um, Dean and Crowley's Summer of Love was so much fun. This is not a ship I want to, like, see ever in the real. Yes, yes. I love that. I think it's just, it was perfect for Demon Dean. 100%. I could see Demon Dean, like, yeah, busting shit out with Crowley. I absolutely love it. Um, Dean and Lee absolutely had a thing going on. I will never believe otherwise. There was too many implications in their one episode together. I'm sorry. Who thinks Dean is straight? Like, I just don't understand how anyone can can watch this man. He's a bisexual disaster. I'm sorry. Yes. I love him. Clearly. The are sexy and the cowboy fetish and the wrestler yes. dude. The wrestler guy. Oh, God. He, like, and he, Charlie couldn't flirt with a guy, so he had so to take Dean, steps in yeah. and flirt. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Okay. Dean is a bisexual disaster. I. This is a hill I will die on. It has nothing even to do with Castiel. Dean is a bisexual disaster. Um, and also, we talked about Bobby and Joan. Uh, and Jody, Bobby and Ellen is a ship that I love. It's one of my favorite fic ships. Anytime I read a fic, if I see Bobby and Ellen as like Dean's surrogate parents, I get all like weepy and emo because these are two people. These are Bobby and Ellen. No offense, John and Mary. Bobby and Ellen were Dean's parents. They were his um, full offense to John and Mary. Yeah, fuck John and Mary. I'm sorry. Fuck them both. Um, my I come from a fo- I come from my dad grew up in a foster family, so I understand the difference between the people who give birth to you and your parents. And Bobby and Ellen were Dean and Sam's parents. These are the people who guided them and loved them, and didn't have to. They didn't have to do that. They chose to do it. And that's what makes found family so fucking important. I'm sorry to swear. So important in this show. And that's what I think made so many people so angry about it. Because found family are the people who choose to love you. And they choose to be in your life. They're not bound by genetics or a blood relation. And those are my ships. And I'm going to get off my fucking soapbox again. Because I could live on my soapbox. I'm so sorry. Okay. I have a lot of feelings, you guys. I'm sorry. Susie, do you have any other ships in the show? I want to mention a thought that I had that I want to like make happen in the world. So, so Misha apparently said that Castile's wings are rainbow colored. <laughs> so, something that I feel the need to do is get a pair of angel wings and cover them in holographic glitter. Oh, I've seen the most beautiful, like, iridescent black wings. Blind people. (laughs) I've seen the most, I'm sorry, the past week has given us the most beautiful fan art I think we have ever gotten. And Castiel's wings, where they're black, but they're iridescent. So you see. They're black hollow. The rainbow colors. It's just. You it's, guys need to look up Black Hollow. Like, that in wing form would be oh, so cool. <laughs> um, well, for me, mine, most of them are all about Dean, of course. Um, 
the only person I ship Sam with is Eileen because, frankly, mm-hmm. all the other ships with Sam don't really do anything for me personally. Um, but I loved Sam and Eileen together. Um, it made Sam more interesting to me <laughs> than he normally is. Um, I loved that ship. Um, for Dean, my mine is Dean and Donna. Um, I love Dean and Donna. I've written them into a fic. I The reason I love them is... I think they both have so many insecurities and I think they kind of love what the other person doesn't love about themselves. They love that in them is what I, what I see with them. And plus I just think they'd have so much fun and I love reading their fit. There's a really good AU fic um, called who wants to live forever. That's with Dean and Donna. And I highly, highly recommend that. It's really, really good fic. You should um, that fic. Okay. I will. I'm it's, not opposed to Dean and Donna. Yeah, it's it's really it's a really fun one. I I really like it, and I think um, the author gets their voices down really well, and she really handles PTSD brilliantly in that fic. So I'll I'll send that to you. Um, and then my other Dean one, and this is really something I've never seen anyone ever 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 ship before. Um, and to me, the best scene ever with Dean with any woman on this show, hands down. It's this little tiny, you know, just a couple minute scene in the episode about a boy and it's Dean with adult Tina at the bar and they're meeting. And that's the most honest and vulnerable you will ever see Dean with another person that he's just met. So I wrote a whole fic where it's not all about that, but it does have them meeting. And so I really shipped them. I was like, I would love if she would come back as an adult and they got together because I just think... It was just this instant thing of he was comfortable with her. They had a shared history without even knowing they had a shared history. And it just really gelled to me. And I I, I haven't really found anyone else who's like, yeah, I love them. And I wish there was well, more fic out there with them. And there, there isn't. So it's like. Well, and the thing really is, like, ship that I, I enjoy reading fic of Dean with women he connects with as much as. Not as much because Destiel's my OTP, but I really do enjoy reading. Like I, I love Dean so much. I said, like I joke, I'm a cast girl, which is why I love Dean so much. I love reading Dean happy with anybody, and I think the fact that so many people ship Dean with men and women throughout the thing really kind of solidifies the fact that I am sorry, Dean Winchester is a bisexual disaster. And everybody falls in love with Dean. Everybody who meets him falls in love with Dean Winchester. It's the same thing in Outlander where everyone seems to fall in love with Jamie Fraser. Everyone falls in love with Dean Winchester. Yeah. But how could you not? (laughs) And I also shipped Dean and Cassie, um, who I also wrote their relationship into the same fic with um, Dean and adult Tina. And I, like I said, when we were talking about, Kripke. I think it would have made a lot more sense at the end of season five if he went to go find Cassie because he loved Cassie. He really, truly loved Cassie. I think that was his first love. And if he had gone to go find Cassie and live happily ever after with her, that would have made a lot more sense than Lisa. It just yeah, and, but and they, they had, had to chemistry, they had to keep making the show, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> they had to keep making the show happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it just would have made it just yeah, but logically. So I shipped them. Um I I love Bobby and Ellen too. Um, 
you know, I just, I would have loved to have seen them together. Um, I, I also, I like Dean and, and Benny together. I like the thought of that um, because I think Benny is, I just, I love Benny so much. So, so, so much. One of my absolute favorite characters ever on the show. And they were so great together. And Benny, Benny was one of the only characters on the show that never took from Dean. And I mean, you may think that he did with him carrying him out of purgatory, but I didn't see it that way. He was totally independent. He didn't have, he, he gave to Dean as much as Dean gave to him. I thought it was a very um, healthy relationship. And that's why I was so bummed when it went away. Um, that's why I was kind of like, just leave your brother, Dean, and go be with Benny. Who cares about Sam? Sorry, Sam people. No, um, but that's the way I felt during that. They were so great and wonderful together. And I also just love writing them as friends, too, because I think he was well, the greatest friend. I love their friendship and their relationship. And I feel like what's tough is that it really fit into the found family because, frankly, like you said, between Sam and Benny, um, Benny was the healthier brotherhood relationship with Dean mm-hmm. Benny never asked anything of Dean Benny never asked Dean to sacrifice or give up anything um when we talk about the episode sacrifice in in season eight the finale when Sam gets all mad because he's worried that Dean's gonna find another vampire or another angel to take Sam's place it's so selfish and and heartbreaking because Dean finally found relationships for himself outside of his brother and Sam asking him to give those up was just devastating to me and I really I wish we had gotten more of Benny like I I know so many people have shipped Benny I shipped Benny and Dean a little bit in like the sense that Dean was with Benny as kind of a comfort while he's looking for Cass and Purgatory. Like, I kind of like that thing, but where Dean and Benny both know that this is just kind of a a release situation and a comfort situation, not a deep relationship situation. Um, but as far as their friendship goes, I loved their friendship and I wish that we got to see more of it because I feel like it was a really deep this is one of those where Carla was talking about soft male feelings of this is a deep brothers in arm friendship that I didn't really ever see in the show as, as anything romantic or sexual. And I would have loved to explore that more because I think Carla is right that deep male relationships are very, very important for friends friendships judy i think the reason that that one stood out so much that season is because it was in such a stark contrast to the place where sam and dean were at the time they were in a terrible place with each other you know sam hadn't looked for dean dean was dealing with arbitrary ptsd and depression from losing cat like it was just so much going on the whole Amelia phone trick. Like they were, the two of them were just a mess that year. So I think that's where Benny was able to come in and kind of fill that, fill that void. But yeah, I agree with you. I never, 
I never ship them in anything romantic at all, but I, I, I like Dean to have friends and support. And you, you know who I, and I, I wrote this into a fic, um, but the same one with the adult Tina. Um, I wrote in there Benny and uh, Pamela, who never met, but I think they would have been a really, really good couple. I think. I put them together once too. Oh, really? Yeah. I just <laughs> oh my God, they're oh, amazing. They have this thing where it's just like, okay, yeah, they would be a really good fit for each other. I think Benny would be the only one that Pamela wouldn't eat alive kind of thing. They would run <laughs> the best fun. Bayou bar together ever. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they're in a bar and Benny owns a bar and in this fix. So, yeah, so they would be, I I think they would be really cute together. Um, but, yeah, those are the main ones. Um, yeah, and like I said, most of them are Dean. Dean, The Dean ones are my biggest ones and Dean and Donna is the one that really, really took over for me. It was something I knew not in a million years was ever going to happen in the show. But that was fine, I mean, for for that one. Well, and I feel like sometimes when you're shipping things that you know are never going to actually happen in canon, it's easier to go with them and ship them because it's, there's a comfort in knowing that it's all within fandom. And I think that's why shippers of the ship we will not name take so much comfort in their ship because it's obviously never going to go canon. So there's no hope for that. So there's no hope to be vanquished. And there's no hope to be lost within that. And that's why I have so much fun when I talk about, like, Sam and Rowena. I never for one second thought Sam and Rowena would ever be a canon ship. I never... They have the best name, though. Sandwich. (laughs) Sandwich is amazing. Go and make me some sandwich is amazing and dean and donna is a very fun ship and like but like you said Aaron, there was there was just no chance of that ever becoming canon and i think where the pain comes in is when it's like everything points to this is going to be real and this is going to be canon and having that taken away really hurts a lot susie you wanted to add something yeah, uh, with those with those ships, there is a certain comfort in knowing that I'm not gonna be s- strung along, and, and like, and just played with eternally. So it it is like it's it it is a comfort ship, like ships like that, like Sam and Rowena and 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 like Dean and Donna. It's it is more like a comfort ship where you're just like, I'm just gonna cuddle up in here for a little bit. Don't mind me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna say that like I didn't want it to happen on the show because I did want it to happen on the show. I mean, it wasn't like I just knew they would never have it happen, but I did want it to happen. Um, I would have liked. I I I just wanted more scenes where they that they would have together. Um, I always liked when they would have any kind of scene. So yeah, so I always liked that, which we didn't get very many of them, of course. But I was yeah. Um. Okay, well, let's move on, and we're going to talk about the SPN family. This is where I kind of want to wrap it up um, and just talk about the good and the bad of the SPN family. Um, Carla? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a, a compliment sandwich of the SPF family, SPN family. Um, I'm going to start out by saying that I have met some amazing people through the SPN family and that I wouldn't have – 
um, met them if I hadn't started watching the show and become as involved in it as uh, in the fandom as I did. Um, that said, there were also some of the most toxic personalities I've ever encountered in fandom and sometimes otherwise that I wouldn't have had put in front of my eyeballs if it hadn't been for SPN family. I think that um, family covers a whole host of sins and that, you know, oh, well, we, we, we're not going to exclude any, we're not going to do this, but you're also giving a lot of leeway to some people who are just very harmful to, um, to fellow fans, to people who don't deserve the kind of vitriol that they receive um, total strangers sometimes who they're just, you know, they're doxing them, they're stalking them, harassing them, um, making their lives less enjoyable and sometimes less livable. And I, I had never in all of my years of, um, of either participating in, can, in um, fandom or of hearing about fandom seen so much awfulness and so much uh of the the ugly things that that i saw people do to each other through um through this fandom but i will end in saying that i think that um that a lot of people do a pretty good job of lifting other people up when they feel particularly low when somebody in the fandom comes steps in and and tries to make you feel awful and invalidates you and uh hurts you it's that found family through the spn family that will often be what gets people through it who will tell them look whatever this person is saying don't take it personally that's not who you are or who will go back to that person and and speak up for them um and i think that that's a wonderful thing i also think it's it's wonderful that because people are so uh, acutely aware of um, the impact of uh, of issues surrounding mental health and mental illness that um, that there has been so much fandom led support and so much support that has been made available through the actors and the, their causes. You know, from always keep fighting to you're not alone. Um, to the, uh, I forget what, what it was called, but it was where um, uh, people could be trained to respond to critical the, healthcare, yeah, mental health emergencies. The crisis support network. Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that that it's amazing, and as far as I can I can tell, unprecedented that you have so much of the main cast of a show aware supportive and and take a leadership role in actively trying to better the fandom's lives and involving the fandom and helping each other which is again something that i that i i'm not aware of having um either precedent or a uh something similar so that, that's one thing that is one of the the most amazing impacts that I've seen that comes from the SPN family. Yeah. And Judy. Supernatural has the most unique fandom and fandom story. It, it's just so completely improbable. Um, Eric Kripke 
who uh, created this show about two dudes and their muscle car killing things and had zero plans <laughs> and was, I'm sure, absolutely shocked that this show resonated so much with women, with the LGBT community, with um, people who have suffered uh, or are conquering mental illness, um, trauma. Like, <laughs> it's, it's wild how deep um, the themes of this show go. Um, and that's what the fandom picked up on. Because I have no doubt in my mind that that is absolutely not what the original intent was. <laughs> um, and I still don't know that Eric Kripke understands this fandom at all. <laughs> I think he, I think they still think we're a bunch of dude bros watching two guys in a muscle car kill things. Um, I always look back at the episode where they actually go to a convention and... In the show, if you look at the audience of the convention, there's like two women. I'm like, who do they think their audience is? But it's such a great meta of who they think their audience is. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the SPN uh, or Supernatural, for some reason, really connected with, um, I guess, people who don't feel like they fit in to lots of, uh, to, to the usual crowd. Um, and that includes again, LGBT people, people who have been through trauma and maybe it's because our, our characters have been through so much trauma and, um, you know, every week we, we watch them go through more. Um, but I think because of that, the SPN family has really become this, aside from the the toxicity that you did talk about, Carla, um, very supportive um, group and one that tries to be very conscious of those, all those issues in each other and really just tries to do so much for each other and the charities that we do and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just really amazing. Um, and it is definitely the first fandom that I've ever been in where um, I've connected with so many people in person and built relationships with people, you know, in real life that are far beyond um, a, a, a TV show. Um, you know, deep love between friends, um, mostly women, um, but it's it's just it's just been a really wonderful place um, for me. I do agree, Carla. The toxicity there is, it's it's a strange, sad side effect of having so many very passionate people who are all so different um, somehow attracted to this same thing that we all love. Yeah, Meg. Okay, I want to. <laughs> I'm going to try and be brief. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so as far as what the the SBN family means to me, I think a lot of things were said about charity and the idea that 
we are all a family. And when it comes to your family, you can say shit about your family. But if other people say shit about your family, that's a whole other ball game. And I feel like for the most part, that's how a lot of us kind of feel. Um, I don't know. I feel like this show took, and I mean this in the... I don't want to sound dismissive or derogatory when I say this, where this show took a lot of people who felt broken. And a lot of people who felt like they didn't belong. And that there was no place for them. And this show told them, no, there's a place for you. And that place is here. With us. We're your family now. If your family doesn't love you and accept you, that doesn't matter. Because now we're your family. And there is something so deeply beautiful about that, in my opinion. To people who, regardless of where you are in, in geography or time or space... Where if you're 10 years from now watching this show and looking up, you can see people who are going through the same thing that you're going through, not even in the show, but within the fandom. And you can find those people and you can find your people within this show. And there's something so deeply beautiful about that to me. That there is literally a spot for everybody in this show and in this fandom. And I love that. Um, I hate that there are wars between ships because I feel like in the grand scheme of things, that's kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, I, I, I don't necessarily understand giant ship wars, although where I am right now in my life, I will fight on my side of the ship first things. <laughs> I'll fight it. I don't see the purpose of it. Um, but what the SBM family means to me is for me, the SBM family is my family. They are people that I have met and who I love deeply that I have met through this show having nothing to do even really with what's on the show. They're just people I happen to meet who happen to love this show. Um, and I feel like that's the legacy that Supernatural should really try and push for is to have that. Like, I... It's so dumb to try and I can't even encapsulate how much how much this show has changed my life because it's so big and it feels so silly to attribute this humongous change in your life to a television show, but that's just how it is. Like the people that I consider family and who I love and my are my found and chosen family. I found them and I chose them through this TV show. I just, 
I'm I'm gonna start crying if I don't shut up. So Susie, back to you. <laughs> don't you? That was dare. really beautiful, Meg. <laughs> Yes. I'm sorry. I got really emotional and then I lost track of things and I just got lost. I was going to cry. Like, I was losing myself. I've been trying to discreetly, like, dry my tears and blow my nose. (laughs) It's just, it is. It's like the people that I love the most in this entire world, aside from my, like, husband and children, I found through this show. And it's so beautiful in that. And no matter what happens on the show, no matter what this show does to us, we have that. And we have each other. And that's beautiful. And now I'm going to shut up so Susie can talk (laughs) for a second. Susie. Susie. (laughs) Ditto. Ditto. No. Yeah, Susie, what does the SPN family mean to you? I've I've been like like a casual part of fandoms before, um, but never have I felt as accepted and loved and validated as I have when I became part of the supernatural fandom or the supernatural family because like it it has led me to knowing some of like the most beautiful and bravest and creative and the awesomest souls and like everyone I've met is just so goddamn fabulous <laughs> and I'm like it I'm so grateful that like just a show has like brought me to to all you guys and I've I've never felt like such a sense of family before and even when like I love how we can all like rally together behind all these different causes and how we can all like come together for our friends and just it's just it's it's so amazing and yes I do recognize that there's a few black sheeps and unfortunately some people that I've met that aren't part of the fandom that are like oh yeah I didn't want to get into Supernatural because oh the fans are crazy and they can attack you for like the smallest things and stuff like that and I'm like no 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 no, that's not all of us. I, like, we're really sweet, I promise. Like, we'll, we'll treat you nice. Just, like, just dip your toe in. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But just, like, just, like, we have cookies. We have cookies and salt. Just come over. Just come on. I'll make you some pie. It's okay. It's okay. Come here. No, but um, I just think that this fandom and everything that it has done and will continue to do is just... It's... It's just like wonderfully unspeakable. It's just like in in a sense, I feel like it's the closest that you can get to magic. I love that. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. You too. I am um, one 
when I joined my first Women of Letters group, um, shout out to the Pittsburgh group if you guys hear this, but it, I always said lightning strike um, because it, this group came together and I walked in the door the, to meet a bunch of strangers that I had never met before, never even had a conversation with online, and we were immediately family. Um, we immediately bonded over the silly TV show that we all love, but very soon it became so much deeper and such richer friendships. Um, we helped each other. We do things for each other. We, uh, we've helped each other through marriages and divorces and deaths and births and, and you name it. And it just, like I said, sometimes, sometimes lightning strikes. And I feel like it did with this fandom. Yeah, I feel like that's the legacy, though. That's the whole supernatural legacy is the relationships that we have created with each other. Because 15 years, even those of us who are like, quote unquote, new fans, like Carla and I are, quote unquote, new fans, six years in, we're new fans. Um, and there's just an indelible relationship that we have with the show and with the people involved in the show and I think it goes deeper than a TV show it goes deeper than anything we are a family and you don't have to like your family you don't have to be happy with who you have in your family and sometimes your family really disappoints you and I feel like that's part of being a part of this family is that you're not going to be happy with them all the time you're not going to be satisfied with what they do or say all the time but there's a beautiful comfort in knowing that because of this show and because of the people who were involved in the show and because of we as a fandom what we created that there's always someone and that you're not alone. And I think the legacy of the show is not the show itself. It's not the finale. It's not the story of the show. The legacy of the show is the family that it created, which I truly do believe is different from any other fandom I have ever seen. Well, like I said before, this podcast wouldn't exist without this show. Um, granted, I met Carla and Meg through the Mindy Project fandom, so I knew them before meeting people through the Supernatural fandom. And I've talked about before on, when we did the Mindy Project about how important the friendships were through that. Um, with this, with the Supernatural family, um, you know, I, I briefly mentioned it, but you know, two weeks ago, just sitting there and having the doorbell ring and having, you know, Susie and Judy and a few other members of the family just out there and then having a, having all these other people on video chat. Don't worry, it was all safely distanced. I put on a mask and everything um, <laughs> out there because they knew how much I was hurting because of losing my dog, Schroeder who was, my dog was literally my emotional support animal. I mean, he was literally certified emotional support animal. So that kind of adds something to there. But having them standing out there, 
I cannot even begin to tell you both how much that truly meant to me. Like words can't really describe it because I was in shock, first of all. And then second of all, it was just so amazing that people would think of doing that. And I honestly, and it's no offense to anybody I've had in my life ever, um, I can't think of a single other person I have had in my life that would do that. Honestly, I can't think of anybody. Um, and I think that is what's special about this is it is a lot of people that might not feel like they fit in or might not feel like they've ever had that connection or ever had anyone that truly cares about them or likes them or loves them, or they feel like the outsiders or, you know, they, they're struggling with their own mental health, like, like I do or stuff like that when you, and then when you find this found family that embraces you and it's all because you'd start, started to watch this TV show, it's pretty incredible. The power the power of media, the power of art um, is really beautiful and amazing. And that's why I love movies and that's why I love writing and that's why I love any kind of art form because it really can bring people together in this very special and beautiful way. You know, I don't know if I would have ever met Judy or Susie or... Meg or Carla or anyone that has been on this podcast with the exception of people that I've known before without fandom um, and without shows. I mean, without those shows coming into my life, without deciding to watch those shows. Um, and it's so incredibly special. And even though my love for the show went downhill in the past few seasons, my love for the people that I met in the fandom that are here in, in, in Colorado never did. It never went down. It never lost its way. I mean, the fact that Judy organized the women of letters chapter here in Colorado was so amazing that, you know, you just came here and you were moving here and you took the reins and did that it was so beautiful and amazing. And I remember how excited I was when that was happening. Um, because I wanted to be able to connect with more people in real life and to be able to have that was so beautiful. And we get together every February and hopefully we can get together this coming February. I know for Valentine's day. So we also combine bring in parks and rec there. And that was something that Judy started. Um, and so thank you for that. So that, and that was, it's, it's so great because it's like, you know, you get to celebrate and we bring little gifts for each other. We did more like a, a white elephant secret, secret Valentine, I guess. I don't know if you'd call it that the last time, but it's just such a beautiful thing to have. And we do our own secret Krampus every year and, and that's so amazing and beautiful. And Susie's holding up a little heart. <laughs> Um, I think that people really disregard like internet friendships or online friendships as being not real relationships yeah. and everything like that. And I think that if nothing else, this pandemic has kind of shown how important virtual relationships and friendships are. Like, yeah, that's true. Carla and I are well versed. In being a long distance, socially distanced relationship. And I just think that this whole 
thing is kind of encapsulated how important like I feel like people disregard fandom friendships and internet friendships as being nothing and it's just so beautiful to see so many people love each other and be a part of each other's lives through a common interest and love and yeah that's like one of my favorite things about listening to your podcast Aaron is to hear people from all over the country and the world kind of talk about the same thing that they all love yeah it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing and when anybody disregards it it's kind of like you know well are you into any kind of sport are you into any kind of you know (laughs) I mean it's the same it's the same thing you just find you find your family where you find your family and your family you know family doesn't end in blood and it really doesn't um you know I'm closer to people in the SPN family than I am to people in my own family outside of my sister and my mom. So it's like, you know, I wouldn't think of going to one of my cousins or my uncles or anything like that with any problem, you know, that I would think to go to my SPN family with. So yeah, Judy. Yeah. I, I think of it as finding your tribe, you know, um, when I found this SPN family and all of you a wonderful, sweet, little bit crazy misfits, I was just like, them's my people. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, it's just wonderful. <laughs> Susie's holding up her heart again. <laughs> it's just wonderful having um, people that, that get your, silly side your passionate side you know when i showed up to a convention uh cosplaying as castiel naked and covered in bees none of my spn family blinked my own family thought i was nuts (laughs) so yeah i have found my tribe here with you guys and i love you all love you too (laughs) and Susie, you wanted to add something too like um i would always have co-workers who were you could call them dude bros <laughs> and they would always be like well why do you why are you like a fandom like that's so weird like all over a tv show like what and i and i would tell them like well you really like sports right and you really like going to the super bowl and stuff like that and they'd be like well yeah but what does that do with anything well that's your type of fandom And, like, through drawing these comparisons that some people will understand, then they'll be like, oh, okay. And you kind of, in a way that kind of helps, like, I don't know, I guess, like, destigmatize it in their eyes. Like, if you compare it to something that they themselves are passionate of, and you can be like, well, like, it's about this. And and then they'll be like, oh, okay. And then there's a greater point of understanding. And then people can see and, and know why. Like, yeah, that's... Like, you made all these friends through sports. I've made all these friends through this show about two brothers that go out and hunt things. <laughs> like, that's just, well, I think that's part of the human experience, just, like, going out and finding these, like, wonderful connections with other people that you just, like, you, you vibe with and, and such. I think there's also something to be said about finding your people and finding your 
I don't like to say finding your tribe, um, but finding your people and energizing your feelings and frustrations and any kind of thoughts you have towards a greater good. Like this fandom got mad about the Caesar the series finale and raised sixty plus thousand dollars for charity out of anger for what they didn't like in the series finale. The supernatural family is a powerful family. We are a force to be reckoned with. And I think one of the saddest things for me about the show ending is the idea that that power and that force doesn't have a harness now. Because we don't have the people who would generally tell us, hey, let's look here to do that. But... But on the other hand, the Castiel project for the Tre- for the Trevor project was 100% fan driven, and within 48 hours <laughs> raised fifty thousand dollars, which is amazing to me. And there were other ones created too. There was one no, there were yeah, uh, no, there were I, no. I'm just I just want to shout yeah. those out too because there was one created for Dean. No, it was like the, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. There's a national organization that I've done a lot of walks for. There are some pictures of me and my dog Schroeder walking in that. Yes. There was Um, one for him. There was one for Sam that was. I don't remember what the organization um, I don't remember the organization's name. I remember it was for foster children looking for college education, which is beautiful and amazing and 100% in line for Sam. Um, Jack's within that was just for a random ex fundraiser and oh god there was a miracle one raising money for yes. animals they they like <laughs> they the had one. Um, they, uh, they added one for the uh national they, association of the deaf or something it is it is incredible and it's incredible the power that this fandom has had and the power that this family has had and the power that this that because of this show that you know has created this family and all over the world, not just in the United States, but all over the world. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable and amazing. And as many issues as there can be with the show, that's one thing that is beautiful and will remain. So, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up on, on that note. And I apologize, Sasha, if you're listening, we did not get to the question about why aren't the guys shirtless more anymore. We're going to seriously wrap up. I just wanted to throw that out to Sasha because Sasha had asked me specifically for us to jokingly bring it up and say, why did they all of a sudden stop doing that? Um, But anyway, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up and I'll just go around and everybody can say where they can be found if you want to be found and if you have anything to plug, Carla. Thank you. Um, Yes, I can be found on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at Carla Temis, that's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S. And that is also the name of my website. Um, also, Meg and I have our podcast called Bed, Wet, or Behead. And uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. That's Bed, Wet, or Behead. And we're a lot of fun. Yes, yes, they are. And Judy? Yeah, so my primary 
fandom presence is on Tumblr at um, Angels Watching Over, all one word, and um, AO3 as well. Same, Angels Watching Over. Thank you. And Meg? Yeah, if you want to see my shit posting and hot takes, <laughs> you can find my personal Twitter at Wisconsinac, which is W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H. If you want to see Carla and I invade your personal fandom, do character analysis and decide who you want to fuck, marry, or kill, that's at Bed, Wed, Behead Pod on Twitter and all of the other things. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. And Susie? Um, so... You can find, uh, well, not me, but my dog on Instagram at um, at Benny underscore Pelosita. So that's B-E-N-N-I-E underscore P-E-L-U-S-I-T-A. Awesome. Thank you. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, anything at all, feel free to email us at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at gmail.com. Please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Every rating helps us get found in that big wide world of podcasts. And in our next episode, we're going to be wrapping up Supernatural with a bunch of feedback about the finale. So it'll be lots of different takes. You'll hear Carla, Meg, and Judy on there, uh, along with a bunch of other people. So that is a lot of, we've, we're already recording them, so it's been very interesting so far. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing, and Black Lives Matter. So Susie, what is what is the SP and family mean to you? Erin trying desperately. She's like, I don't want to edit this she's so like, much. She's like, I gotta hurt all these cats. Like they're not they're not falling in line. Oh my god. I don't want to cut this much from the podcast. Just tell me what you love. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.